Red Diamond Glory, an Elder Scrolls podcast. Here are your hosts, Bob Chichinsky and Dog Bark. Welcome, everyone, to episode 74 of the Red Diamond Courier. I am here with you, as always, your host, Bob Chichinsky, here with my good, good friend, Dog Bark 24 How's it going, my dude? It's uh, going pretty good. How are you? I'm good, man. I am good. I am... I mean... It pretty much doesn't get better than these weeks where we get some freaking DLC. I can't say that I'm not, you know, super excited, to be honest. Because we are here to do a patch notes episode for you guys. Uh, We only get to do four a year, so they're really exciting. And this time, we have a lot of cool stuff coming out that we get to talk about. Some stuff that has uh really uh got got me really excited to get back into ESO and uh get going and stuff after New World's release. So really excited to talk to you guys about all the Deadlands stuff coming up. And uh dog, do we have any news or are we just gonna go straight into freaking patch notes this week? Well I mean as far as like news, like we had the uh, DLC drop and the end of the Witches Festivals event, but that's it's pretty much it. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't get much bigger news than the freaking DLC coming out, right? Um, yeah. Oh, uh, there was a there was also an incremental patch that went out on PC that uh, reset everybody's CP, so that was a thing. Oh, dude. So, yeah, that, like, so the DLC drops, like, Monday, which I feel like was a weird day. Like, DLCs do not usually come out on Mondays. I don't know. But anyways, I am like, farming like crazy. I was playing a bunch of dungeons as much as I could. Of course, I was super busy this week in real life crappy adult stuff. But anyways, I digress. So... Tuesday, I'm like playing. I'm like everything's cool. Like I've I'm doing all right. Like I'm trying to get some new gear so I could do new builds, but I still feel okay. And then here we are Wednesday. I'm like you know, I was trying to hit a couple runs through arcs before work. I'm like you know, this just is like I don't feel like it was right that first run. And then I go to look at my notifications. It's just like your champion points have been reset. It's like, what the freaking like how when did they come do this to me but apparently there was a pretty significant weird kind of bug going on so they had to shut it down y'all might have noticed that console players hopefully you don't get affected by the same thing but yeah that's just kind of funny side note to uh all that it was like really random just to have that happen yeah, it was a hot fix, and in the hot fix, they said that it was gonna be fixed for uh, consoles. So, good, good, good. So yeah, other than that, not really, uh, not really a lot outside the DLC. So, I guess we could just 
dive right into it. Oh, no, 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 wait. That is what I wanted to mention. Since it takes us so long to get episodes out right now. I know, I'm sorry. We're doing our best. But we may as well mention it now. Uh, Dogged and I are having the great, great honor of getting to be on the one and only Tales of Tamriel. Tomorrow we record live. I say tomorrow as if you guys will be hearing it, you know, this prior to when we actually record. But we will have recorded and you guys could check out the episode over on the Tales feed and everything. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty much, uh, I mean, it's dream come true for me. That was the first podcast I ever listened to was Tales of Tamriel. And I have uh, now listened to all kinds of podcasts. And I run multiple podcasts. So there you go. That's where it all started. And I get to be on there. And I get to have Dogged on there with me. And we're going to talk PvP with Lotus. I'm just, I'm super excited. It's going to be great. Yeah, I'm really excited for some of the PvP topics that we're going to be talking on uh, Tales. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have to keep Dogged and Lotus from getting too, uh, too dark there, I feel. You know, maybe there'll be just a little bit of, you know, uh, Daggerfall domination. <laughs> or maybe a lot. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Maybe a significant amount. We'll see. But uh, we won't, won't, you know, can't give our plans away to the future people hearing this in the past. I don't know. Anyways, so go check that out, and uh, I'm sure it'll be great. Now, as far as some freaking patch notes, Deadlands, DLC, ESO, uh, we have got some PvP stuff to talk about over here. There was some stuff that came out during the uh, patch notes that definitely pertains to PvP in particular, so we just kind of wanted to bring that up in this little section, as we generally do. So we've got Battlegrounds, and if you are a huge lover of Battlegrounds like I am, uh, you're probably excited to see this. They are bringing back the... Uh, all the other game types, pretty much. You now have an option to queue for a random battleground instead of just a deathmatch. However, the uh, deathmatch option itself is still there. So that's really cool. So for solo or group, you have a solo deathmatch, group deathmatch, or solo random battleground or or, uh, group random battleground. And dogged... When it says random battleground, uh, is that like, does that include deathmatch? Could it be all of them, or is it like a specific set? Uh, yeah, it could be any kind of battleground. It could be the flag games, the ball games, or deathmatch. So, yeah, so it's just really good to see that they're bringing back, you know, the options and, uh, you know, it's one thing that we're going to talk about tomorrow on Tales is like, you know, testing, especially PvP testing. Um, but uh, as far as testing goes, I think this one was a very well timed. Like, they, you know, threw in a test, they did what they needed to do, and then they're, you know, bringing, bringing it back. They're not just like, all right, well, you're stuck with this now, you know, for who knows 
how long and we're gonna adjust it in a billion different ways you know they're just like all right we took it away and now we're gonna bring it back in a different manner so you know i don't know that as far as testing goes it felt like a successful test now that they have brought this change around um i kind of feel like opposite of that i feel like it was a poorly timed test but it was a I feel like it was like poorly timed with like some of the issues that PVP was having, and okay, full fair enough. Yeah, but I did like how it was, it was a quicker test, and like some of them were like you know six months. This was like you know like I think like yeah, I guess mainly two like months. like well timed is not really the like capturing what I mean. I guess just like the duration of it. It wasn't yeah. Yes. It wasn't like it didn't. Yeah, the, the drag on yeah it was just like yeah. we tested we have learned and now we will move on and deliver the results immediately so that's just like that's what i want to see so uh d- that will definitely i will carry that into tomorrow and uh, that tells up so for and pvp discussion for sure so anyways uh i will save that for then and we will continue to move along our patch notes uh we've got some pvp set adjustments and these are some freaking big ones uh i will let dog talk about the the main big one because he's been really the one fighting it and dealing with it but first we've got plague break so this set now has a two second delay before it starts dealing damage and it ticks every two seconds rather than every second now, they increase the damage per tick by approximately 82%, resulting in an approximate only 18% loss in damage over its total duration. So, you know, it doesn't tick every second now. It only takes every two seconds, but they did increase the damage. And I mean, it's going to lose slightly a bit over time, but, you know, they're... It's pretty good, pretty good balance right there, I think. They also reduce the damage of the explosion by approximately 52%, but increase the scaling per target 50% up from 10%. So, pretty much, like, this set was not meant to just destroy, like, a couple people. It was meant to, like, the more, you know, people, like, you have around you the the higher the risk the better the reward pretty much so i think they're trying to make it more like that's what it was intended for and try and make it work more along those lines so this set also now properly fires at explosion when the target dies well under the effect of the damage over time from the set so There you go. Lots of changes to it, but it did need some changes, need some looking at. And uh, speaking of ones that needed looking at. Yep, we have good old dark conversions. So first, uh, there's a lot of changes with this. Um, They reduced the set's damage by approximately 59%, but increased the scaling per target to 50% up from 10%. 
They reduced the radius effect to 10 meters, down from 12 meters, and this is to match the uh, visual effects of it, because before you were getting pulled in and you weren't even near it. This set now pulls once after its delay rather than twice over its duration. So that's good. Uh, the pull now pulls all nearby targets rather than six per pull so that it remains effective against large groups. This set now has uh, new visual effects to help better define its radius attack sources and timing of the detonation. Which is good for you know, G GTFOing after you get pulled in. Gotta get the freak out. Yeah. They fixed an issue where the set could hit targets outside of its line of sight or pull them from areas that they should not have been able to be pulled, like off the top of a keep. That was insane. You get pulled off right off the keep and plummet to your death. Or if you lived, the, you get pulled in front of the entire group and you just die there. So. That wouldn't be yeah. so insane to you if you played back in the day where people were dragon leaping up the walls. Okay, <laughs> you want to talk about insane. And lastly, they fixed an issue where the ramping damage bonus from the set could fail against some targets in certain situations. And then there's also a dev comment. And this one reads, uh, This set is currently seeing a lot of success in its original target area of killing large groups and players who don't respect the area of effect. However, it's doing its job a little too well and being run in situations of low target counts, which has led to situations where the set feels too good at a general purpose rather than something more niche like a Vicious Death. And they're reining in the damage a bit, so it's less effective against small player counts, the radius to better match its visual effects, and the pull to reduce situations of being yo-yoed around. So that dev comment is interesting. Um, I kind of have, you know, words that are going through my head, but none of them are really constructive and won't really be set. So classic, classic dogged opinion. I'm just kidding. But at least they, you know, they they worked on it. Yeah, at least it'll be fixed. Like, I do like this set. I think this set will be good. Like, I did like it in, like, when I was inside of Sirido. But, like, as soon as more and more people was getting it, it became obnoxious. It's like, oh, I got Dark Convergence. Oh, this guy threw cow chops and I died because of Dark Convergence. And nothing else. And that's kind of the point where it's like, alright, I'm done with PvP. So... And I know many people have been like that too. So, yeah, Dark Convergence is—it's one of those sets where it gets to live and it gets to PvP, and you're just like, "Did like someone did test, test this right? Like, for the love of God, who were the testers that got destroyed by this?" And we're like, "Yeah, that's that's okay. Let <laughs> that happen." Other than that, not too much uh, specific PvP updates. We did want to make sure we go over those ones we got in our little PvP section here. Uh, we are going to skip scores again because we just have a jam-packed episode for you guys in the first place with all these patch notes. 
So we're going to move right from all this into the Deadlands. And if you've ever played uh, Elder Scrolls for Oblivion, you may be well-versed in the Deadlands. Uh, unfortunately, I myself can remember them well. And how lost and scared I would be in them. Because I was like, I don't even remember. I was not old, you know, young enough to point where you should be scared. So, don't feel bad. But, I would get lost a lot in Oblivion Portals. Even though, going back now, they seem like they were so straightforward. But what are you going to do? Anyways, I'm rambling. We have the one and only... Deadlands, home to Mayrunes Dagon himself. The Overland Zone is gonna be travelable to on your little the the ring. You know, if you zoom all the way out, uh, you could see Tamriel in there in the center, and the, the ring around it has a few different planes of existence. So, for the Deadlands, we've got two new delves, two world bosses, and three of the new style Wandering Executioner bosses, which we're assuming are probably going to be like the Imperial City or Sewer Styles. And that's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, going through... Uh... Like the patch notes, there's one interesting set that I found, and that was Hexo's Ward. It's the medium armor set. This will give you some crit chance, weapon and spell damage, crit chance. Then its fifth piece passives reads, uh, dealing crit damage with a direct damage ability, grants you a damage shield that absorbs 14,000 damage for six seconds. And this effect can occur once every seven seconds. And I'm thinking, and I'm thinking that this could be nice for like a solo arena or just soloing around like the more difficult world bosses or just, you know, just helping yourself survive different situations in overland content. So that was kind of like the side that was like, huh, I might want to get this on PC because my characters kind of uh, need a little bit of help. All right. And then this CLC is also going to give you some new outfit styles, hats and body markings. As well as six titles, a pet, a memento, and a new die. This also has two new motifs, which is the ancient Daedric style from excavating. And leads are probably from treasure maps, like they are doing like every Overland DLC now. And you're also going to be able to get several new furnishings from various different things. There's also new ones available, so that's nice. And then, of course, uh, Deadlands has update 32 with many awesome new systems that we'll be talking about after the break. And, of course, we want to take this little break to remind you that we are part of the oh-so-wildly-popular Robots Radio Podcast Network, where, if you go check them out at robotsradio.net, you can find all kinds of awesome shows like ours, and like this one. Hey, I'm Pylon. And I'm Doc. 
And if you've ever played an Elder Scrolls game, you've probably used UESP.net to help you find information about a quest, dive deeper into lore, or really learn anything about the Elder Scrolls. But did you know we have a podcast too? Every week we bring you the latest in Elder Scrolls news, dig deeper into topics surrounding the game, and have a ton of fun while doing it. You can find us on your favorite podcatcher by searching the unofficial Elder Scrolls podcast. Can't wait to see you all there. All right, dogs. So, as you said, we have uh, some pretty awesome new systems to talk about here. Why don't you let everyone know about the oh-so-fancy armory system we have. All right. Yeah, so uh, this new armory system allows you to save builds and switch in between them easily. Uh, the gear needs to be in your inventory and cannot be taken out of your bank, which to me kind of makes sense. Uh, but this saves you the gold from respecking as well. It switches between vamp, wearable for, you know, neither. And this also saves your CP, your attributes, your abilities. And I, and I think that's it. Yeah, it pretty much a even more advanced dressing room if you guys have ever used that add-on and you could get the armory in the crown store for free now it's something you have to put directly into your house to be able to use which means you have to be at your house to use it however you can avoid that by getting the armory assistant which is a whopping five crowns uh, just as all other assistants are, so don't think you were going to get a deal on that. Uh, if you wait long enough, I'm sure it will go on sale at some point, but that includes waiting. And by so, uh, five crowns, you mean 5,000 crowns. I said 5K. I don't think you said K. At least oh. it didn't come across, you know, my, fair on enough, my fair end. Enough. Five <laughs> freaking thousand. There you uh, go. Yeah, it's a lot. It's at least uh, mathematically, I know if you buy 35,000 or 3,500 crowns, it's like 25 bucks. I mean, this, this is a pricey thing. But like I said, if you wait long enough, sure, it will go on sale, etc., etc. For me, I'm like, you know, I don't think I'm going to really use the armory system that much over dressing room. Uh, like, considering I would have to have, like, an assistant for it and everything, it's just, like, complicated, and, uh, it's just a little quicker to use the add-on, so, I think for now, I'm gonna save my crowns, even though I literally had saved the, uh, like, 4,900 crowns I had, because I was like, alright, cool, I'm gonna get the armory assistant, and have enough crowns for it. And then it dropped, and I was like, ah, oh, it's just, why, though? But it's there if you want it. So, not only uh, is the Armory Assistant quite pricey itself, but the Armory Slots that allow you to set up different builds per character are a little on the pricey side as well. We're looking at 1,500 crowns per slot per character. So if you have 18 character slots available just for one character, I mean, you're looking at... Oh my gosh. Do I want to do the math? It's scary. I think I've seen someone do the math. I mean... 
See if I can find it in Discord. All right, one like all right, one point five k crowns each. Eight available for per character. That's twelve k, and that's two hundred and sixteen thousand crowns on all eighteen characters. That's a lot of crowns. <laughs> that's yeah. It's just like oh man, that's harder than cash for people, man. Yeah, someone says with IRL money, it's twelve. It's a uh, twelve fifty euros. With gold, you're looking at like five hundred and forty million gold. On you know, oh, PC, these are PC God. prices, obviously, for like you know gold. But that's just yeah. insane. Yeah, this was a, uh, you know, before I f- I found out that they were for each character, I thought they were gonna be like account wide. I was like, oh, I'll just buy all eight, you know, whatever. I can just set them all up. I can have 10 slots for like my main two or three characters. But uh, yeah, not anymore. Now I'm looking at like maybe I'll buy one or two for my main. Maybe just one. One of the things that I do like with this system is that you can leave one of your slots just completely open. And that's like a full free respec, which is really nice if you just want to change a character around. You know, it's a free respec. You don't have to spend like a like probably like ten or fifteen k gold. You know, it's just switching your CP, your attributes, your skills, especially if your character has a lot of skill points. So that's definitely one of the uh, positive sides is that if you do want to switch around your character or do something crazy, that's available for you. Yeah, Dogged immediately was going for that respec uh, life just to see how, uh, if it would be a full free respec every time. And I believe it came out successful. Yeah, I was like, nice. Now I can, I know there's a couple characters in Xbox. I'm like, all right, I get to finally, like, you know, uh, fix this character up because I messed it up after the first free or first full respec that they did back uh, earlier this year. So now I have some time to fix up some of my characters that kind of just suck because I'm not good on them. Yeah, I mean, there was some for Xbox when they did the whole champion point thing even that was just like, did not have time to do, so it'd be nice to not have to pay for the respecs. All right, so that is going to pretty much wrap up our uh, little discussion on the armory and our little coverage on it, at least. So we're going to move on to the next big, bad, exciting thing. We've got curated item set drops. In other words, the NoMo RNG machine. So basically... Bosses and reward chests from arenas and incursions will now drop set items that have not yet been unlocked in your item set collections. So basically, go get a shoulder from this boss in the dungeon, and you will never get that shoulder again. You'll be set until you collect every piece from that dungeon, then you'll start getting the same rotation. So, sources of set drops will only drop the set items that they can normally drop. 
So, like, if a boss would only drop legs and feet, then you still have this, you know, it, that's not going to change. The ways to acquire a particular item are unchanged, but it should be much easier to find items that you have not yet unlocked. Yeah, so you can't, like, uh, you can't, like, complete the entire Overland set by farming dolmens, so. Right. I mean, that's how people would do it. <laughs> that's how I would do it if that was an option. Uh, set items to a different treasure chest, containers, or from non-boss monsters are generally not curated. So you can't go and try to open up Cerido coffers and expect to be like, you know, get different stuff every time. That's not going to happen. I know there's some people on the forums that are very angry because they didn't read this. So uh-huh. even though I feel like they uh, were pretty clear, like they've been saying it. Like whenever they that questions came up, um, like you're pretty clear that it's just gonna be like only bosses. Yeah, I mean you have to have a limit. You can't just make the entire thing like that because then it would just like break the game almost. Yeah, and then uh, I think you might have already said this, but once everything is unlocked, drops will be randomized again. And then lastly, it seems that named items do not work with the curated drops. So there's like a very, very small chance of you not getting something new. You know, if you do get the name drop, the special name drop. And I've been finding this with like uh, mainly like like the body pieces. I'm not getting like the special named weapon on like a boss. I would drop like uh, armor pieces, which is, you know, that's fine. I mean, that's not a really big deal. I can just go back to the last boss. That's fine with me. It's, you know much easier to get an entire like weapons and stuff now so and then along with this system they also added the uh, item set collection summary and every major category has a progress bar to help guide you into finding the set items that you're still missing and this was one that I was actually kind of surprised to see that I actually have like a lot of a uh, different dungeons to actually be filled out more than I thought they would be on like a uh, Oh, on uh, on PC because I don't really play on PC a lot, especially after the uh, CP increase. So I was a bit uh, surprised on how much I actually had filled out. So, so they are continuing their rounding out of sets to make them more, uh, I guess, not hybrid, but so you could kind of use them for either tree. Uh, ideally, I guess what I'm talking about is the following rules will now be followed, uh, with item sets when applicable and have been applied to all existing sets. Sets that grant weapon or spell damage now grant both. Sets that grant physical or spell pen now grant both. And sets that grant weapon or spell critical rating now grant both. And... Honestly, it's a pretty freaking awesome change. I mean, it's been a long time coming that they, that you've had all these cool sets. You're like, oh, if only it was you know, light armor, if only it did like magic, etc. So we do have a dev comment here. And they see they say, as seen in recent updates, improving character hybridization has been a focus by the team. In efforts to better bring to life the mantra of play the way you want. 
This is another large-scale effort done to help better realize that statement. Item sets should empower you to get excited to build and experiment different things and fit into your character in a myriad of ways. And we hope this helps better do that. Well, I, I would assume so. Yeah, I know uh, one set that's uh, was pretty good or pretty good on like the stamina side was uh, Deadly Strikes, and now with this change, it's pretty good for uh, magical characters too. So it's gonna bring uh, you know sets that are good for stamina might also be good for magic now in PvP, and that's kind of cool. All right, so there's uh, n another amazing change coming uh, with this update, and that is a uh, guild vendor-related system mails are now nearly instant, which means when you buy something from the guild trader, it should hopefully you know appear right in your mail instantaneously. And on PC, I can confirm that this works, and this is amazing. And I just really hope this you know works on my original Xbox One. Because my original Xbox One is uh, not the strongest of, you know, the Xboxes <laughs> as far as that goes. So of any Xbox. <laughs> not yeah, yours it, it's, uh, you know, the weakest, actually. But you know, that's kind of one that I really hope that it works. Yeah, like, if there's going to be one thing that's broken for the update for Togged, hopefully for him it's not this. So... With all that cool stuff, going into just some more uh, kind of Deadlands cool stuff overall, we have uh, two two new mythic items. Yeah. So we have the Markin Ring of Majesty, where you're going to gain 100 weapon and spell damage and 1157 armor for each three set bonus active on the wearer. And you might be thinking like, ooh, three set bonus, I don't know about that. But this works for both full three-piece sets and partial five-piece sets. So you could still get a pretty significant amount of bonus out of this, uh, you know, this mythic item here. If that's the route you want to go. We also have another one, Spalder of Ruin. Now, activating Crouch is going to toggle on and off a 12-meter aura of Pride. Up to six allies in the aura gain 260 weapon and spell damage. However, it's going to reduce your health and Magicka and Stamina Recovery by 70 for every group member benefiting from your aura of Pride. And... It says that only activating Crouch toggles Aura of Pride on or off. Exiting Crouch will not toggle this set on or off. So you can like crouch and then exit it and it's not going to mess with it. But if you crouch again and like keep trying to spam it, I guess. Yeah, so like if you crouch, like that's how it, like it'll go off. But if you like you go into combat with something... Normally, you exit, like, stealth, so, so, like, as long as, like, so you can exit stealth with it, but, and you'll still have it active, so, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, it all makes sense, man. <laughs> I mean, it's an interesting set, uh, 
I don't know. It, it seems like intensive a bit or like, but I don't know. Something I probably wouldn't inherently go out and grab, but if it ends up being an amazing build at some point, I'd be I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I'm thinking uh well since you know monster sets are kind of on the way out and they uh mess with Earthgore and Earthgore is not my favorite thing this patch anymore. So I'm thinking for like trials, I think my healers are gonna be using that mythic item because I don't I, I don't need help for stamina or magic recovery because I have a wrestle staff and I can heavy attack on that. And I heal myself, so I don't need health recovery. Stamina recovery is whatever. I use tri-stat food, so I have enough stamina usually. So I think that's going to be one thing that I switch out with. So Along with uh, this update, uh, active dark inkers will now show up on the map. And if you're looking closely, it's a bit subtle. So it's a uh, so pretty much like the door, the domain gets smaller, and there's like little like active marks from it. So it's not it's not like obvious, but you can tell kind of. Also, with this update, sky stars will now show up on the map whenever you are getting close to them, as well as through your. Uh, zone guide is whenever you finish most of the zone guide stuff so that's gonna be nice for console players mainly because uh, pc players has the add-on that just shows you where all the sky shards are so and then there's also a new pvp emote that you can get with the arena gladiator proofs freaking proofs man now those are one thing that Surprisingly, never went away, and they keep adding new stuff for him. Yeah, I'm uh, waiting for them to add more th- more stuff for the Imperial City one, since I still have, like, 40 uh, Imperial City daily coffers uh, in my inventory on my <laughs> main. Just opening them up every 20 hours. You might like, 120 or something ridiculous. Something ridiculous. So they have uh, one change they decided to do with critical damage and healings. They decided to put a cap on that of 125%. People can be getting pretty crazy with the crits. Um, They have a dev comment. We'll get through it real quick. Currently, crit chance continues to remain the best stat in the game by a large margin in PvE due to the not effective cap on the bonus. And a large array of sourcing of critical damage and healing application. Rather than nerfing the values, blah, 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 blah. uh, We've decided to add a ceiling to the effectiveness of critical potency to ensure the stat remains powerful, but doesn't continue experiencing power creep as we add more options to build for it in the future. This should have very low impact on unoptimized builds while also reigning in groups who are coordinating many sources of these bonuses and producing extraordinary results of damage or healing. So yeah, once again, we're getting too OP and time to rein us in a little bit. And uh, next up, we have some bash adjustments. Uh, this core combat skill now has a cooldown of 333 milliseconds down from 350 to ensure it can be cast up to 3 times per second at most. 
So this is something that I uh, kind of spam a lot on my tank because why not? Uh, and to help with that, they uh, reduced the cost to 765 down from 1889 to ensure that it's uh, one third of a melee spammable. And then the damage now scales off of a mixture of your physical and spell resistance plus one extra damage. So if you have zero resistances, it still hits a target. So you do at least one damage if you're wearing nothing. Or if your armor is all broken. If you're wearing nothing. Which is not the usual. Yeah. They reduced the cooldown phase after activating a bash that prevented you from casting other active abilities at 333 milliseconds down from 700. And the damage from bash can now trigger enchantments and poisons. Another thing with this update is that they fixed an issue where the caster of an ability using the new AoE technology, which is you know, any AoE, uh, you'd be dismounted upon entering the area of their ability. And, uh, you know, Gina put a, let, let this be a reminder that technology often affects us in ways that we can never expect. And I wonder if uh, this fixes the mount bug inside of Cyrodiil that I always end up having, or even in overlying content, because a lot of times I will try to mount in the middle of my uh, healing springs or my purify, which are both really big AoEs. So many AoE. All right, so dogged. It looks like that's gonna bring us to the class changes here of the patch notes. Why don't we start it off with the Dragon Knight? It's got a bunch of changes for a couple of the classes. Dragon Knight's being one of them. So let's delve right into it. The first thing they touched is the combustion skill, which they increased the resources granted from this passive. To 1,000 Stammer Magicka up from 500. Doubled it. But they added a cooldown of 500 milliseconds to each effect. Which are separately tracked from one another. To make up for the above increase and the massive buff the charge trait is getting. So, yeah. That, yeah. I mean, that's pretty pretty effective when something gets doubled. Yeah. Next up we have uh, Inferno. This ability and the Keterized Morph now grant both Major Prophecy and Savagery, rather than only Prophecy. And then the Flames of Oblivion Morph, uh, this Morph now launches three Fireballs up from two, since it lost, quote-unquote, uh, part of its unique Morph function, which is probably the Major Savagery. Yeah, yeah the Major Savagery. Yeah. Well, that's kind of cool. I mean, honestly, it probably always should have been like that, so, you know, good for them. Yeah. And then we've got the Lava Whip. So, this ability and its morphs now scale off your highest offensive stat, rather than exclusively Magicka-based stats. May this finally end the fiery and age-old debate over getting a Stamina Whip, as this is our version of it. <laughs> so, there you go. So for the Flame Lash morph, they fixed an issue where this morph did not apply off-balance to targets who were immobilized, but not already off-balance. They override ability, Power Lash, 
now heals immediately rather than over two seconds, but its total healing per cast has been reduced by approximately 43%. Wow, that's a lot. However, Power Lash no longer has a three-second cooldown. Ballerinas are back. Oh, God. They're going to be spinning like crazy out there. Now, the Molten Whip Morph. uh, Seething Fury now lasts 10 seconds per stack, up from 5 seconds to help it feel way less stressful to use in a rotation and allow for activation of burst at the perfect moment. So... That's actually a very good change, too. Uh, both of these are pretty, pretty interesting, especially taking away the cooldown on Power Lash. I mean, especially... Uh, and the heal's instant now? That might get broken. Yeah, I guess you'll see. Well, what did the devs have to say about the Lava Whip here, dog? Alright, so a Magicka Dragonite morph options for Lava Whip currently feels too similar as they both increase the damage of the fire spammable and deal with 3 second cadences. Molten Whip now stands out more as a build up to a deadly burst attack with its more gracious time period to activate for the perfect opportunity, while Flame Lash doubles down in the sustained pressure path giving the Dragonite moments to relentlessly better their opponent down with Freckless and Bandon. And that was a dev comment, so. Uh, yeah. I guess, uh, I mean, if that was what they were trying to do with it, then it seems they definitely defined both the morphs, at the very least. Yeah. Like, they'll feel different now, for sure. Yeah, if you won't have, like, one that's like, oh, this is a good morph, the other one is just trash. Right. So, how uh, they have, like, Two more that you're like, oh, you know, this is good in this way. This is good in this way. So I like that. All right. Uh, we have next up, we have World in Ruin. And this passive now increases your damage done with flame and poison attacks by 5%. Rather than increasing your damage done with AOE flame attacks by 6%. And reducing the cost of your abilities by 25%. And then the dev comment on this reads... That uh, this passive has been holding back the class in terms of PVE damage output for quite some time, while pigeon holding the class into unsynergistic and often redundant combinations, while the sustained portion of the effect for stamina based Dragonites has some cool niche uh, gameplay, we feel like it missed the mark as a general passive for the class. Yeah, I mean. I kind of feel that, like, I don't know if I'd say it was holding the the Dragonite back, but it certainly uh, will give it a bigger boon to have 5% increase to all flame damage instead of just the AoE. But, I mean, we're talking 5%, so I mean, everything you can get, right? Yeah, and it's also for poison, which is, you know, True too uh, for this poison stuff. arrow, lethal arrow. Damn DK, yeah. So it'll be interesting, especially in PvP. Mm-hmm. So they also touched Ash Cloud. This ability and its morph now cost 378 Magicka every second while active, rather than having a massive upfront cost of 5670, keeping their cost per second relatively the same while removing the penalty of having to recast the ability aside from losing a global cooldown. 
So that's actually pretty nice. I mean, uh, still going to cost the same in the end, but man, that was like a massive uh, bell to have to cast. So these abilities now tick 15 times over the duration, down from 16. Not really a big difference there. Uh, their total damage or healing per cast remains the same still. These abilities now last 15 seconds rather than 12. These abilities now rank up in 1.1% healing or damage done per rank rather than one second. And the eruption morph. This morph's initial hit damage now has a 10 second cooldown to prevent it from turning into an incredibly low costing AoE spammable. So, uh, good. Uh, Future sight, <laughs> foresight. There you go. Yeah, but yeah, that way you know you can't just spam that for 400 magicka every half second. That makes sense. Yeah, because people would have. All right, and then lastly, we have the battle roar passive, and this passive now restores 50 health magicka and stamina per ultimate consumed, rather than 46 health magicka and stamina per the ultimate's cost. So that's kind of like Belord now, like how like if you use 500 ultimate, you get, you know, so that's kind of like Belord now where like it doesn't go off the ultimate's cost. It goes off how much ultimate you have. So if your ultimate cost is like, you know, 200, but you use it at 500, that means you get, you know, 500 instead of, you know, the 200, which means that you're going to get a lot more health. Magicka and Stamina if you save up your ultimate now. Which can be really good for, you know, DKs, especially if you're a tank. And a slight increase also helps too, so. Yeah, and in the end, you'll be able to do more. But you will have to pay more attention, that's for sure. Because if you were using something that was like a very high uh, cost, well, I guess, I mean, you still, it's not like you could use a high cost, like, early on. Like, you still yeah. have to build up the, the high cost anyways. So, yeah. I guess it's not it's not too big of a, big of a difference. Yeah, it's only, you know, it's only It just helps. gives you the option to get more. <laughs> yeah. All right, so that's going to wrap it up for the Dragonites. Lots of changes there. They touched a lot. I don't know why they were just like, hey, you know what? Let's do some freaking Dragonite stuff this patch. Maybe because it's like fiery in the Deadlands. So they're like, hey, let's, uh, let's touch that fire class. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, it's it's kind of nice to see. I think that I think DK players will be happy about these changes. Kind of hard to tell, though. I feel like most of them were pretty good. Although I don't really play DK, so except for my tank DK, so yeah, you know, like, man, my tank DK is gonna be better. But that's that's about it. That's all I know. Yeah, true. I do have my t young tank DK that I need to level up. Maybe I'll get around to that someday. So let's move on to the necromancer here, which only got wall for boneyard. Increase the damage of this ability. And it's morphs by approximately 1% per tick, since they tick 10 times instead of 11 after the change in update 30. So, uh, heck yeah. I'll take more damage in a shorter amount of time. 
all day long. Alright, next up we have the Nightblade class. And the first one is Grim Focus. This ability and its morph now grants uh, 60 weapon and spell damage per stack rather than 2% crit damage and healing per stack. And then the dev comment on this reads, This change was done to ensure the class does not lose too much of its healing potency and self-sufficiency from the original conversion where it granted crit damage and healing since the crit potency has the cap now. And having this bonus often felt like it was a loss in group content. So I think that would definitely be helpful because weapon and spell damage, you know, they both increase your, obviously, you know, your damage and they also increase your healing done. So I think that's, that would be a good, good uh, change, especially, you know, group content where that kind of matters. Yeah, actually, I'm pretty excited for that change myself. I like that. Get a little more, extra more damage. Not that Nightblades need it. So did you want to do like the first half, like you said, or did you want to go back and forth again? Yeah, i do the first half. Okay. Alright, next up we have the Path of Darkness, and this is going to be the Twisting Path Morph. The uh, This ability's damage now scales dynamically with the highest of your offensive stats. Next up, we have Shadow Cloak, and this is the Dark Cloak morph. They increase the healing from this ability by approximately 61% per tick, but reduce the base duration to 3 seconds, down from 6. Uh, they increase the duration of Minor Protection to 10 seconds, up from fix, and they fix... They increase the duration of Minor Protection to 10 seconds, up from 6 seconds. And they fixed an issue where it was not being affected by the Dark Veil passive. And then the dev comment here reads, uh, These changes should improve the skill for Tank Nightblades by improving healing per second and overall healing without having to wait as long for it to come in, while reducing its impact to offset long-term damage as a heal over time. Hmm. I I guess. I mean, I I don't know any freaking Nightblade tanks these days, so... <laughs> yeah. Sure, they're out there, but... I, I, don't, I don't see them, so... Yeah. Alright, so then we've got Malevolent Offering. This ability and its morphs now have an upfront magic cost of 3510 and a residual health cost of 1080 over 3 seconds. Rather than a health cost based on a mixture of your spell damage and magicka over 8 seconds. These abilities can now target yourself and allies rather than only allies. So, that's interesting. Then we've got Shrewd Offering, which is the morph of Malevolent Offering. This ability now ranks up in cost reduction rather than 1.1% healing done. And its base cost has been reduced to 3240. The residual health cost also lasts one second less, causing it to drain less health to ensure its total cost is reduced to the expected level. And they have a dev comment on this. So, for a long time, these abilities have had relatively low engagement due to the fact that they costed purely health and hurt the user more the higher their stats were making it both deadly and, un 
advantageous to run in situations where you needed to stay alive. In addition, the health cost had low interplay with mechanics, such as cost reduction, and made it difficult to play around, leaving its core concept unsatisfying and untapped. We've decided to switch this ability over to a dual-cost skill, with the brunt of its cost being on the Magicka side of things, and the rest of it filled in with the health. It equals the base 4590 burst heal cost that skills such as Rush Ceremony have when you add them up. In addition, we've allowed the heal to be self-targetable, so the healer can keep themselves up in a situation of need and giving the class a much needed reactive self-heal. Overall, we hope this helps the skill stand out as something unique and thematic to the class with less overall restrictions and punishment on the caster. Yeah, so that's actually really interesting. I might have to go check that out. Yeah. Nightblades have always needed a true self-heal. Yeah, to me, this kind of sounds like the uh, Necro Heal too a lot. How it like you know you heal someone, but you put like, like uh, what is it? A you put a debuff on you, but instead of this putting a debuff on you, you're putting you're losing like what one thousand health. So yeah, you heal yourself for a lot, and then you take some health away. <laughs> yeah, does it make sense? Not really, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, but you also heal somebody else, so. There you go. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, definitely good to see, you know, some, like, Breath of Life action going on for other classes because, you know, Templars being the only class that has that, and then Nightblade isn't really, you know, healthy for, uh, you know, the other classes, so. Yeah. I mean, I always was, in my mind, justified Nightblades not having to heal by, well, they could turn invisible, so... Well, now they can yeah. have a heal and go invisible, so... Yes, I just got more lethal. <laughs> yeah. Alright, and then lastly, we have the Templar class, and they, there's just one thing here, and that's Cleansing Ritual, and they increase the scaling coefficients of this ability, and it's more by approximately 17%, since they tick 6 times instead of 7 after the change from Update 30. Yeah, so my, uh... Purify heals would be nice to have, you know. They get to heal even more for my friends, so that's good. Yeah, Sam kind of is the necro. It's just like it does better in a shorter time. So there you yeah. go. So that's gonna wrap it up for the class stuff. Uh, that was actually some some really good content there. I think that they did some good changes. Dragonites and Nightblades really got touched on. Uh, nothing for Sorks in there, or Wardens. Kind of interesting. Yeah, if there was anything, it was just, like, some bug just, Yeah, right, so, yeah. Uh, we'll see. I guess they're just in a good spot right now, so. Let's jump into the rest of the notes. We just got a little bit of the kind of odds and ends here to wrap it up for you guys, so... As far as weapon stuff goes, two-handed, uh, cleave got touched up a little bit, the carve morph, increased the duration of the damage over time effect to 12 seconds, up from 10, to help ease the difficulty of keeping the stacks up in a rotation. So, uh, that's always nice. 10 seconds, that is actually pretty long, but, you know, 
12 seconds is even better. So there you go. All right, next up we have Vampire, and this is the Misform ability. And this ability and Morph's damage reduction now only works against player attacks rather than any attack to prevent it from invalidating many threats in PvE encounters. So I guess that kind of makes Misform, you know, only useful inside of PvP, which I don't know. That's the only place people were using it as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. But, uh, or, like, actually, they, would, they, they probably changed this because somebody was, like, doing this in, like, vet trials or vet uh, dungeons. That's what I was like, thinking. Ignore mechanics. So yeah, that actually kind of makes like, sense. Just going, just misforming all the way through, like, freaking veteran hollows or something. <laughs> yeah. So that change does make sense. All right, so item sets. We're going to talk some, uh, got some item set stuff going on here. So item sets that scale off weapon damage, spell damage, max magicka, and max stamina can now again critically strike. Item sets that scale in order of magnitude or based on additional modifiers such as Reliquin or Zahn will not critically strike. Many of these sets have received adjustments to their power level as well. There's a whole list in the patch notes if you want to go check them out. Those are there for you. Uh, just like, why? Why will they not critically strike? I don't understand. Because that would be too OP, I guess. Uh, like, didn't Zahn always critically strike? Now it's just not going to? Like, hmm. <laughs> No, uh, right uh, before this update, nothing was critically striking. No okay. proc sets were critically striking. So. Okay. Now they're adding, you know, other proc sets critically striking, but not Zahn. Probably because yeah, Zahn is too good in, you know, a 1v1 encounter in PvP, so. Well, I mean, I guess if I'm being honest, Zahn doesn't truly need to, uh, you know, crit, so whatever. I guess I'll have to go check the list of the patch notes and see what else doesn't crit. Alright, next up we have an item tree change, and that's the charge status. And they increase this potency of the trait to 480%, up from 220%, to ensure it is more competitive with other trait in terms of effectiveness. Which, you know, that's over double, and the reason why that is is because if you got something charged, you just trashed it, because charge was the garbage trait. Now, I might have to look at what charge actually does. <laughs> I know, I was just thinking that. <laughs> yeah, so charge trait. So what charge does, it, it uh, increases the chances of applying status effects such as Burn, chill, or concuss, and other stuff. So, okay, so I probably still won't use it, <laughs> but it's good that it's been upped. Yeah, probably also increases the damage, I would assume. But right, all right. So outside of that, we do have a couple sets here that got some. Some touches on them. The first being Chaotic Whirlwind. It now grants a stack of Chaotic Whirlwind for 5 seconds after casting Whirlwind while in combat. Granting 5% movement speed per stack 
and increases your weapon and spell damage by 6 for every 1% bonus movement speed you have, up to a cap of 450. What a jumble of words that was that I just read right there. Like, what is I even talking about, dog? You're going to get movement speed for having whirlwinds around you? Yeah, it's that's chaotic whirlwind. That's, uh, um, I don't know what that is actually. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm like, have I, think I ever been to win. seen this set? Like, uh, ever? I don't, I don't even know. It. I I can't even recall this set existing or where it comes from. Oh, it's from. one of the weapon sets. I don't know what Whirlwind is. I think that's uh, Spin to Win, but okay, I don't actually okay. know. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Whirlwind is definitely Spin to Win. Yep, it is Spin to Win. Okay, so grants a stack of chaotic whirlwind for five seconds after casting it in combat. Per stack and increases your weapon damage by six for every one percent bonus movement speed you have, up to a cap of four fifty. So if you spam it, it looks like you can. Okay, so yeah, I need to keep reading. Is the problem? This affects stacks up to five times. And upon reaching five stacks, duration doubles but cannot be refreshed. So, uh, when you're spamming Whirlwind there for the execute, uh, it's basically putting these stacks on you, increasing your weapon and spell damage by six uh, for every 5%. So, if you stack it five times, it'll get up to 25% and then doubled, so it'll be 50%. Yeah, that's uh, some pretty big increases. And it's just for, you know, passively happening while you do something that you were already doing. So, it's pretty awesome. And the dev comment on it says, The current iteration of Chaotic Whirlwind was a rework back in 2019 to serve as a stoppage to give the set some love. But ultimately, didn't hit the marks we were going for. We wanted a set that enabled you to feel like the name implied. A tempest of chaos wreaking havoc on the battlefield as you spun and won. The new iteration gives a chaotic feel as your movement speed goes up and down in the heat of combat with its offensive bonus, with some natural synergy built in to ensure you always are getting something. So, uh, if your monster set doesn't crit anymore and you're looking for something else maybe to run, maybe try out the uh, chaotic whirlwind. Weapon set. Who knows? Yeah, so pretty much you're telling me is that uh, I'm being chased by a stand-in. They're going to be able to come at me faster by spamming spin to win. They already had wings, but now they can. Just <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> look, the warden is already going to catch you, man. You're screwed because they're just going to pop yeah. wings. Especially if they're an orc. So I- I'm just going to die, but I'm going to die inside Cyrodiil. It's going to be bad. Yep. Calm down, Templar. They'll have to chase you from one end of (laughs) (laughs) Cyrodiil to the next before they can kill you. Yeah, I I mean, they're going to catch up, though, so I won't won't ever find safety, so. I didn't say it would be fun, okay? I just said you won't <laughs> die. It will be a test of both wills. <laughs> yeah. Alright, next up we have a Concentrated Force. This is another one of the weapon sets. 
this set now requires a successive casting of four shock within five seconds of each other up from two to allow for more breathing room in uh, Rio combat rotation. So then we have mechanical acuity. This item now grants a stack of mechanical acuity for four seconds whenever you deal non-critical damage, granting you 20% critical chance per stack, up to once every half second. After this effect ends or reaches five stacks, it cannot occur again for 25 seconds. So... Every time you deal non-crit damage, four seconds later, you're going to get a stack of this. Once you get five stacks, you're going to be doing um, constant. Or no, it does it for four seconds. Okay, so you do the damage, you get the stack. Once you hit the max for four seconds, it's going to be full crits, everything you do. And then, uh, blah, blah, blah. It cannot occur again for 25 seconds after, so feel like that's the same pretty much as the set used to be, just working in a different way. Definitely interesting, though. Yep, I would agree with that. I was like, oh, hey, they finally, you know, nerf mechanical acuity, but no. No. Yeah, just, like, changed they the just, way. Yeah, they just reworded it. it so that it's, uh, <laughs> Cause it was, I was thinking it was still four seconds before after it would pop on. Yeah, so it's the same, <laughs> but different. <laughs> same but different. All right. Next up, we have a Parabellum. Uh, this set now grants you a damage shield for six seconds when you deal damage with a six-second two-net cooldown, rather than a damage shield passively every fifteen seconds. And then they increase your shield size to 8,400, up from 7,000, to fix numerous bugs and edge cases with the set. So, that's one that i kind of seen a lot in uh, different dungeon and trial groups that I've seen, so. Oh, really? Yeah. Or at least I've seen two people with gold that have golded it out, so. I'm assuming, you know, if you're going to gold out a set, that means it must be pretty good. Yeah, true. Alright, so next we got Deadly Strikes. Reduce this set's damage done bonus to overtime and channeled abilities to 15 down from 18%. Lil Nerf. But uh, with this changes, uh, like with the changes for like that they did like passively with like the weapon and crit and penetration, you can now use Deadly Strikes on like a Magicka character, so there's not like Ooh, more options true. for it to be you know, useful. Like who knows? Maybe a Templar, a, a magic applier, you know? Oh, God. <laughs> Those jabs got to hurt you even more. <laughs> you don't need more options. <laughs> but they're nice to have. All right. And, and then lastly, you have the Mantle of Sororia. And this set now only procs of light and heavy attacks rather than any source of single target direct damage. So. Only light and heavy attacks? Yep. Huh, well, luckily I I weave those constantly, so that's good. I think it sounds like that, too. So, hmm. uh, there's a few sets that they made that change for, so definitely look out on your uh, proc sets, so. All right, so we just got a couple things left here for you guys. Small changes, but big changes at the same time. Very exciting things. 
You will now utilize a quote-unquote joining encounter in progress uh, to travel to a dungeon's boss when it is engaged by the group in the following dungeons. So this is pretty much like if you go into a dungeon and the, you know, like me, you're too slow or you're selling stuff to your merchant or whatever, <laughs> group runs into the boss, door locks behind them, and everyone yells at you. It's like, well, yeah, you guys ran in there. <laughs> But yes, I know everyone has dealt with that situation before. They are finally fixing it for a lot of dungeons now. You'll be able to uh, travel straight in. Uh, should we just list them off? It's kind of a long list. Not too bad, though. I want to. I'll list them off. This is a... We can go half. We can go half. <laughs> All right, I'll, do this, I'll do this first half. So we got Bloodroot Forge, City of Ash 2. Cradle of Shadows, Crypt of Hearts 2, Darkshade Caverns 2, which I know everyone's got locked out of that freaking big spider engine guardian room at least once in their time. Yep, I, mean, and, hey, I was like, hey, Bob, watch this. And I pulled aggro with the boss while he's outside. He's like, this is your loss. I'm like, no, you're you're coming in here. So. Yeah, <laughs> that was a uh, uh, dog flexing his he knew the patch notes already muscles on me and i was like whoa oh my god this is insane uh so yeah it definitely works yeah. <laughs> and elden hollow too as well and then you also have falkreath hold fang lair uh imperial city prison which is another good one because there's a lot of doors that lock behind you and that kind of stuff uh the march of sacrifices uh which is nice for that one of the that deer boss uh, Moon Hunter Keep, you know, many doors lock behind you in that one too. Uh, Ruins oh, so this is for Town. every boss, not just for the last boss. Yep, every boss. Yeah. Oh wow, that's impressive. Yep. But uh, Moon Hunter Keep, uh, Ruins of Maz- Mazaton, uh, Skill Collar Peak, uh, Spindle Clutch Two, Wayrest Sewers Two, and lastly the White Gold Tower. And yeah, I'm just really glad they put this in here. So I had to list every dungeon in the show notes. So <laughs> yeah, that's a that's an excellent change. That I mean, I've never really thought of. I'm sure when I stood there locked out like a freaking moron, I was like wishing there was a way. But yeah, they they figured it out. That's cool. Right in time for the uh, Undaunted event coming later this month. Yeah, and I think uh, they are working on, like, the other dungeons, too, for, like, either next DLC or the DLC after. So it would be nice to have all the dungeons being doing that. So Seriously. All right, next up we have uh, something kind of huge for the Bleak Rock Isle, and that is that they moved the Sky Shard that's found in Hazen's Folly outside so you don't have to go and do the quest for... That uh, requires you to go into the mine to, just to get the sky shard, and then you get the sky shard, and you're like, "All right, I'm done. I don't want to do this quest anymore." And you abandon it and leave. And uh, you know, if he's not, uh, he's gonna tell. I hate that sky shard. I hate that quest. I've done that quest probably about fifteen to twenty times, and you know, it it gets annoying after the first five times, but when you get to that fifteen to twenty range, it's like, why? Why am I doing this to myself? Why am I making all these characters? Why did I make so many Templars? 
One time I just sat there just banging on the door, just like, let me in, dude. Like, and the guy's just like, no. It's like, God, I don't want to go get this stupid costume <laughs> and do all this again. Just let me in. Like, I just want the sky started and I'll leave, I swear. Yeah, I'm not even going to, like, mess with your guys' operation. You guys could stay all underhanded and illegal or whatever the hell is going on over there. <laughs> Finally, man, that is awesome. I'm all yeah. for not blocking things behind quest walls. Me too. So then we also have very last small but amazing change. The unread mail indicator in the mail screen will now report the actual number of unread mails, not just the number that are visible. This is only relevant when you have too much mail for the mail screen to display. Yep, uh, I really, really like this update. Like, I can't wait until we get to mid-year mayhem next year. I'm like, oh, great. I'm going to have, you know, 527 mails to clean out because of rewards that are worthy, daily login bonuses, you know, guild trader cells. Like, it's going to be great, and I'm going to know exactly how much I'm going to have to do it. And then I probably will wait until, like, the last minute again, like I That's did last year. But Yeah. <laughs> that will be interesting to see how much we <laughs> actually have, though. Yeah. All right, man. Well, that's going to wrap it for us. Hope you guys enjoyed the crap out of that jam-packed patch notes episode. Last one for 2021. We made it through another year of ESO content. Yeah, uh, I'm still waiting for it on, you know, Xbox, but I'm, you know, another week away. Which is constantly the most popular reply anytime you post anything about DLC anywhere. I'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, console players will be very excited to get this. I mean, you know, they don't have access to dressing room and stuff like that. So that will be a huge, huge thing for them. So. I'm excited to go into battle guns again with the uh, fix the dark convergence. Like, oh, right. that's my thing. Like, I'm like, man, I'm going to be able to PVP. Dark convergence is going to be doing the proper damage. You know, big groups. I'm not going to be pulled in. You know, ten miles away. Only like when I'm near it, it's going to be great. I'm going to love it. Yeah, and curated freaking drops, man. So like, it's just good in all aspects of the game. Yeah. All right, man. So, where can the people find us when they want to find us? All right. Well, you can find us on Twitter of at Red Diamond Cast. You can find us on Facebook of the Red Diamond Courier. You can find us in our ESO or Xbox field of Airs the Red Diamond, which can, which you can join using the Robots Radio Discord found on robotsradio.net. And if you hit the show notes, you'll find links to our merch store, our many, many awesome sponsors and uh things like eso-hub.com that are so nice to have us in their little news section going on plus it is pretty much the best hub that you could go to for information sets um skills champion point all, all kinds of everything definitely go check them out created by the one and only wooler and outcast so i mean come on 
Also, if you would take the time to leave us a five-star review. I know we got some. I'm not going to say them here because I want to put them either at the front or the middle of the episode so everyone will really uh, get a awesome shout out but i did see them i appreciate it got them next episode i will read i know we have at least one so thank you thank you guys so much for leaving those reviews i swear it makes our day uh we messaged each other in discord like oh my god people love us um but yeah so thank you guys it means a lot and uh what about you dog people want to find you if you want to find me, you can find me on Xbox, Twitter, and ESOPC, all up at DogBark24. And the same for me, Xbox, PC, Twitch, and Twitter, all going to be Bob underscore Chinsky. Yeah, that was, that was fun, man. That was a good episode, good week, good DLC. Uh, you know, it was a good drop to end out the year, and... My, I'll leave it on this. I once again am feel so excited that I don't know what the next DLC drop is. Like, I don't know what's next. I have no clue what's coming for next year. And it excites me. Like, I, I'm done with this year. This year's story and everything was all right for me. Uh, but I'm just, I'm ready for all new everything. And I hope that they feed us a little slower on the information. I feel like this year is just like, we already knew we were going to the Deadlands for quarter four. Like May, I swear. So It's not earlier. Right, yeah. So let's just keep it a little more under wraps. Like, you Let know, us have I don't you know, know a everything. bit more suspense. <laughs> yeah, like, be like, all right, this is like, Graymore was like, all right, we're going to Graymore, and uh, then like we didn't know where we were going for quarter four for like a while, and then it finally came out, and it was like, okay, well this is pretty cool, but I don't know. So I just hope I'm just excited, very much so, for uh, them to announce what next year will be about, and I'll leave it at that. So we hope you guys all enjoyed the episode and have a great, great week out there. We will catch you on the next side of things. Yeah, see ya. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Have you ever wondered how deep the Elder Scrolls lore rabbit hole goes? Have you got a grasp of the basics and want to find out more about the universe? Written in Uncertainty is here to help you. We'll be mixing in philosophy, theology, and whatever other theory is useful with Elder Scrolls texts to untangle some of the biggest questions in the series, like what are Dragon Breaks, how does Chim work, where did the Dwemer go, and more. Check us out at writteninuncertainty.com or find Written in Uncertainty on any podcatcher. Thanks for listening, and catch you later in the grey maybe of Tamriel.